Welcome to a message from Oasis Church. For more information about Oasis Church and how you can get connected, please visit MyOasisChurch.com. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. Well, if you got your Bibles with you, why don't you open them up to 2 Chronicles chapter 14. Amen. Hallelujah. God's so good. Amen. We're going to look at something here, actually something that Asa prayed. Amen. First thing I want to do is look at verse 2. I'm just going to kind of go down through some things here. In verse 2 it said, Asa did what was good and right in the eyes of the Lord his God. He did what was right. You know, if you read through the Old Testament, you find kings that said, this king did evil in the sight of God. This king done good. Amen. Some start out bad, they turn out good. Some start out good and they turn out bad. Amen. But the thing of it is, is that uh, where you end up at is the most important. Amen. And so Asa did what was right in the eyes of the Lord his God. Verse 4 said that he commanded Judah to seek the Lord God of their fathers and to observe the law and the commandments. Verse 5 said at the end of it, it says that the kingdom was quiet under him. So obeying God will keep peace in your lives. Amen. Keep peace in your household. Keep peace in your country, in your nation. Amen. Just following God's commandments. Hallelujah. Because see, he, he knows everything. And so if we follow him, then we're going to have peace. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Verse 7 said that he said, let us build cities and make walls around them. Whoa, make walls. Amen. It's kind of weird that everybody wants to tear walls down now. But God said to build walls around your cities, protect them, to keep them safe. Amen. So we need to look at that. We need to understand what that means for us. Amen. And it says, we have sought the Lord our God and we have sought him and he has given us rest on every side. So they build and they prospered. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, then there comes a time whenever he has to go out against the Ethiopian army. He has 580,000 in his army, in Asa's army, but Zerah has a million men. In his, so he has almost twice as many. Hallelujah. So, what does Asa do? He does this. He says in verse 11, this is what we're wanting to get to. And Asa cried out to the Lord his God and said, Lord, it is nothing for you to help, whether with many or with those who have no power. Help us, O Lord our God, for we rest on you. And in your name, we go against this multitude. O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. Well, that's a powerful prayer, isn't it? I pray that prayer at times whenever I'm thinking about it. Matter of fact, I've got it on on a, a bulletin board at my desk. I've got it written there, and I'll look at that, and I'll pray that for our nation at times. Amen. Because we need help. Amen. But the thing that caught my eye just 
I don't know, maybe about not even a week ago, was the last part of this. And this is what we're going to talk about tonight. He says, O Lord, you are our God. Do not let man prevail against you. Isn't that something that Asa would pray, Lord, don't let people have the upper hand in this matter or any other matter. Amen. The word man there just means a mortal, just a, a person. Amen. And to prevail means to rule over. Hallelujah. So I think it's interesting that could it possibly be that just mere people could get the upper hand on God and prevail against Him? Apparently so, or Asa would never have prayed that. Amen? Who was Asa interceding for at this time? He was interceding for God's people. Amen? He was interceding for them that they stay strong, that they would not uh, allow other people to dictate what was going to take place and to push God further and further out. Can you not see that happening today? Amen? For the last 50 years, little by little, God has been being pushed out of every part of our society. Amen? Well, who did that? Who allowed that to happen? God's people did. Amen? Well, don't feel all sad and, you know, down in the mully groves about it. Amen? A lot of this stuff didn't happen on your watch, okay? A lot of this stuff didn't. But there are some things that we got to be uh, very, very observant of, or they're going to take even more. Matter of fact, they are bold enough now that they are doing everything that they... I mean, every day, if you would watch the news, if you would watch it, which I don't, but if you would, I, I just hear things. The brazen acts that are taking place right now by people in this world to cause God's people to succumb to them. Amen? And so that's what Asa was talking about here. He said, Lord, don't let these people prevail against you. Well, how will they do that? Well, through God's own people. Amen? Mankind in itself does not have the power, the strength, the ability to go head-to-head -head with God. Right? God will win hands down every time. They don't have what it takes. They don't have the, 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 the wisdom. They don't have the, the, the manpower. They don't have the artillery or anything else to come up against God. Every time they think of stuff, it said God sits in the heavens and laughs. He said, you've got to be kidding, right? You think you're going to do something with that? I don't think so. Amen? But they are. They are, they are trying to do this. And the only way that they can do it is to get to God's people. Amen? Now, the title of my message tonight was just a little bit unusual, but it's called The God Stopper. The God Stopper. What is there that mankind can use to stop God from doing what he wants to do? Amen? That is to get to God's people. 
to get them to start to believe or disbelieve the things that God has said. You know, Satan himself in the Garden of Eden said, has God really said? Did he really say that? Are you sure you really heard him right? I, you know, I just don't believe that you were quite understanding what he was saying there when he was talking to Eve. Amen? And so that's what's, that's what's happening now. The, Satan is coming against God through his own people. You can see that through all of the, and we'll get to this in a minute in another scripture, but all the, the strife and all the, you know, backbiting and everything else that's going on in the body of Christ. Folks, this stuff's got to stop. Now, we're not doing that here. Amen. This is a quiet sheepfold here. Everything is good here. Everything is cool. Everybody gets along with everybody. And if you've got a problem, well, then you've got a problem. Amen? You need to deal with it yourself. But the thing of it is, is that there's a lot of churches that are fleshed out. A lot of churches are not carrying on the real true love of God. They're loving other things and bringing other things into the church that God doesn't love, He actually hates. Amen? But they're saying it's love. You've got to love this. Amen? And so it's, it's becoming quite apparent that we've got to do something to, to stop this. Amen? Hallelujah. We've got, we got, we got to do our part in this so that God can prevail. God can have His way in the things that need to be done. Amen? Hallelujah. So even though God is all-powerful... He limits himself to working through us. I don't know if that was a good choice or not, but it's what he does. Amen? Hallelujah. So coming through his people, that's the only way he has legal access into the world, by coming through you and I. Amen. Now Satan, he's a lawbreaker, and it doesn't bother him to hijack something, to destroy something, to mess things up and just come in and take over. But God does things by the book. Amen. He does things by rule of law. Amen. And if he says something in his law, that's how he's going to do it. He's not going to do it anyway. Well, this time I think I'm going to do it this way just because I am so ticked off right now. Amen. That I'm just going to show him. I'm just going to show him. Hallelujah. How many of you know that if God wanted to show us something, we'd already know about it? Amen. Hallelujah. So for him to have legal right, he has to work through us. So what kind of a weapon can Satan use against God's own people that will stop God? You probably already know it. But if you don't, I'll tell you. It's unbelief. Unbelief. Unbelief stops God. Just like faith will stop God because faith stopped Jesus whenever Bartimaeus was speaking out to him. But unbelief stops him too. Amen. And so that's what we're going to look at tonight. 
seeing how we can circumvent this. Amen? Hallelujah. God is all-powerful, but He does not take Himself... How do I want to say this? Scratch that for a minute. Amen? We're going to look at, going to look at something else here. How many of you who are somewhat older remember Superman? Remember him? Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look, up in the air. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Amen? Superman could do anything with superhuman strength until he met up with one thing. Does anybody remember what it was? Kryptonite. Yeah. All powerful. I mean, I've seen episodes when the old kryptonite was brought out. He would just, legs start to shake. He'd just fall around, and then he was down on the ground. Amen. He was all-powerful until he met that. It's the same way with God. He's all-powerful until he meets unbelief. And he yields to that. He has to yield to it. Amen. Now I'm going to show you from Scripture that that's the way it is. That's the way he set it up. He wants us to live our lives in faith, not unbelief, so that he can do things through us. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, let's go and look at this in Psalm 78. Now, just keep, keep an open mind as we're, we're looking at this stuff. Amen? Psalm 78 is a poem of Asaph, and what he is doing here is that he is recounting all the great things that God has done. He did this, and he did that. And read it, because it's, it's so encouraging that if you would take a few minutes to understand just how he did some of the things that he did. Amen? But then, as we start to go down through here, we look at verse 36, and that's where we'll start at. It said, Nevertheless, they flattered him with their mouth, and they lied to him with their tongue. For their heart was not steadfast with him, nor were they faithful in his covenant. He, being full of compassion, forgave their iniquity and did not destroy them. Isn't that amazing what God... He, ugh, every time I read this, I said, Lord, I, I see myself in some of this stuff. How many times my own stupidity has kept me away from him, and yet he has forgiven me. Amen. He didn't throw me out. He didn't kick me out. Amen. Hallelujah. He said he did not destroy them. Yes, many a time he turned his anger away and he did not stir up all his wrath. In other words, he, has, he said, I'll be back. I'm just going to leave for a, few, for a few minutes here. You know, maybe counting under his breath. You understand what I'm saying? Amen. 
For he remembered that they were but flesh. Yeah, he remembers that. Yeah, we've got issues. We allow ourselves to be overcome by ourselves. And we do stupid stuff. We say stupid stuff. Amen. And I'm talking about believers. I'm not talking about people out in the world. I'm talking about you and I. Amen. Yeah, we'll do that. Hallelujah. More than once. And we'll repent. And then a week or two later, we'll do the same thing. Hallelujah. But he remembers that we're but flesh. And breath that passes away does not come back. How often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. I couldn't even imagine how many times that happened. I can't even imagine how many times I've grieved him. Amen. And it says, yes, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. They did not remember his power the day when he redeemed them from the enemy. Amen. They limited him. They looked at everything that was going wrong. They forgot all the things that God had already done for them. How he brought them out of Egypt with a strong hand. How he brought them out with silver and gold. How he brought them out and there wasn't a feeble one among them. Hallelujah. Amen. Brought them and and kept them going forward. Like, Like Pastor was saying, you know, in the wilderness, they were being fed with manna. It wasn't the best, but it was the best he could do with them at that time. Hallelujah. And whenever they got to the place where Moses was going, sent the spies in to spy out the land, only two came back with a good report. Only two came back in faith. The rest came back in unbelief. Amen. So that's telling us something right there. They forgot all about that. They were looking at what they saw. They were looking at their thirst. They were looking at the hunger in their bellies. Amen. They were not looking at how God had already supplied them. How, oh, man, how many times have I done that myself? How many times has God helped me out? And yet when I get in the bind again, it's like, God, where are you? Amen. Well, what's happening there? I'm limiting God. Amen. I'm provoking Him. He's not going to kill me. He's not going to crush me because He knows that I'm just flesh. But He sure would like to see something better out of me. Amen. Hallelujah. So they were stopping God from doing something that he wanted to do for them. Eleven years in the wilderness on a, what it was, a three-day or four-day journey? I can't remember now. It's how much? Eleven days journey. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, just think about that. How many things have you and I not experienced yet that we should have experienced But because of unbelief, we've allowed it to become stagnant. We've stopped it. We stayed the hand of God. Amen? You know, it's just like like God. 
picture this as a football game, okay? And your, team, your team's behind, and we're down to, I don't know nothing about football, so, you know, grace me on this because, you know, stupid says stupid stuff. Amen. Hallelujah. But, I mean, you're, we're down to the last play, and there God is sitting on the bench. And there's the coach, that's you or I, and we're up there and we're figuring out all this stuff. God's sitting right there. And we're sitting there writing all this out and we're saying, okay, what, what do I do now? How do I do this? How do I do that? Amen. The answer's right there. Not been called on. Oh, wait a minute. God's on our side. Haven't thought about that yet. Amen. And God's sitting there. Why don't they ask me? Why don't they ask me? Why don't they say, God, what do you think? How many times have, don't raise your hand because we'd all raise our hand. How many times have we been in a predicament trying to figure something out and we've neglected to ask God what he thought? Amen. Well, it happens. We've all done it. Don't want to admit it. I don't want to admit it, but I have. Amen. God wants to get in the game. But he's sitting there on the bench. Because you and I think we have a plan. And we'll try, we'll, we'll see if this works. Well, it didn't work. Okay, we'll scratch that one off. Well, let's try plan B. Amen. We'll see if plan B works. No, nope, plan B doesn't work either, so we'll scratch it out. And then we'll go through the entire alphabet. And there's the one with the answer sitting there. He wants to get up. Let him at least come into the huddle. Amen? He just might have a play that works. Hallelujah. But we've got to quit stopping God through unbelief. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, God's good, isn't he? And he'll help us out. Praise God. Amen. So he wanted to be in their lives, but they wouldn't let him because of unbelief. Let's go and look at this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. It's okay if we look at scripture tonight, right? Hallelujah. See, you're like, you're like me. You're sitting there real quiet because you're thinking, oh, yo, man, ooh, you know, that's me. How many times has pastor, and I said, yeah, that's me. Wow. Hey, man, I can't, I can't say, well, you know, that's Pastor Chuck. No, that's me. Hey, man, right there. Spotlight should be shining right down on me. Hey, Amen. Look at, look at, Paul had the same problem with the church in Corinth, amen, and, and let's look at this in verse 1, 1 Corinthians 3, 1. We all know this. I'm not going to read you any scripture that you don't know. And it says, and I, brethren, could not speak to you as to spiritual people, but as to carnal, as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it. And even now 
you are still not able. Amen. Just calling them out on You know, sometimes you just got to put it before somebody. Because, see, if you don't, then they're going to think it's somebody else. But it's you. Amen? You know, just like Nathan did with, with David. He said, you're the man. You're the one. Hallelujah. He said, you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Amen? Now, in the Amplified, in verse 3, it says, You are still unspiritual. Wow, that hurt. Still unspiritual. Down, below, down further, it says, Behaving yourselves as a, after a human standard and like mere unchanged men. Well, that pretty well sums it all up then. Hallelujah. He wanted to feed them more. He wanted to give them more. Amen? But he couldn't release it because they wouldn't be able to handle it. You know, Jesus himself told his disciples, he said, I've got things that I want to show you, but I can't show them to you now. Amen. I can't. I want to, but I can't. I, I remember a, a, a CD I was listening to of, of uh, Pastor uh, Terry Pearson's, and she was, ta- she was talking about the prophet of God, and she was talking about her dad, as Kenneth Copeland, as being a prophet of God, and how God has given you things, and he can't share those things with the body of Christ because they can't handle them. What are we missing? What are we missing? Things that a man and woman of God have that God has shown them and they're being kept in them dormant because they can't share them because we are not spiritual enough to receive them. Amen. People who speak in tongues, full of the Holy Ghost, believe in healing, believe in all this. I'm not not getting on anybody, okay? So take a deep breath, everybody. Come on. This is about those who are not here. Amen? (laughs) Not you guys. You guys are all spiritual. You guys are okay. Hallelujah. Praise God. But just think, just think how many times God wanted to release something, but he couldn't because unbelief stopped him. He wanted to, but he couldn't. It's not that he wouldn't. It's not that he was miffed. I mean, he actually could not. Unbelief overpowered the power of God. Now, I know some people say, well, you can't be saying stuff like that. Well, we've got to look at Scripture here, okay? Let's, let's look at this. Let's, let's go uh, look at this in, uh, I think it's Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. We all know these, but we just need to keep them fresh so that we don't end up... The, I mean, the world is bombarding us with unbelief. Everything. It just, it's just ridiculous. Hallelujah. But if we don't keep ourselves in the Word of God, then we're going to end up just like them. Fearful, not knowing what to do about anything. Amen. 
So let's look at this. Let's look at Jesus when he comes to Nazareth. We all know this, but let's, let's, let's look at it. It says in verse 1, it says that he went out from there and came to his own country. Now, if there was ever a place where you think you would be welcomed, it would be in your own country, in your own household, among your own people. Amen? You, just, you, you would feel safe with them, wouldn't you? See, just like me, you know, uh, you accept me because I'm in, I'm in the house right now. I'm in this house. This is, this is part of where, what I do, amen, where I go. And so you receive me. Hallelujah. I couldn't imagine getting up here and preaching and just a scowl on every face down here with, with, with uh, you know, rotten tomatoes in everybody's hand ready to throw them at me. That would be hard to preach to. Amen. And let me tell you something, as a pastor, I've, I've felt that before. Amen? People just looking at you like, I mean, if, you know, if their looks could kill, you'd be dead. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, you all got her made. You just sit back there. You never see anybody else's face except the one that's preaching, and that person's always smiling. But you don't see back in the face <laughs> Amen. Amen. Am I telling the truth, Pastor? Yeah, at times. Amen. See, he's being gracious at times. Hallelujah. Amen. Yeah, at times, not all the time. But I tell you what, whew, it can put a damper on the anointing. Amen. God can't do any mighty works with that. So he came to his own country and his disciples followed him. And when the Sabbath had come, he began to teach in the synagogue. And many hearing him were astonished, saying, Where did this man get these things? And what wisdom is this which is given to him that such mighty works are performed by his hands? Amen? Wow. So look at, look at, look at what he's, they're saying here. Where did this man get this kind of wisdom? Never even dawned on it was from God. How is he able to do these miracles? They were astounded. And then they said this, Is this not the carpenter? Boy, just listening to that, you can just sense the indignation, the jealousy, the anger. Who's this? Who's he think he is? We know him. This is Mary's boy. He grew up here. That's all they could see. Is who he was to them in the natural. That's it. Amen. They saw the wisdom from the word. They saw the astounding signs and wonders that he did. But that wasn't enough to overcome their preconceived idea of who he was. This is Jesus, that little boy down the street. Amen. He'd had supper with us before. He was a messy kid. Slopping stuff, spilling milk, 
I'm glad he didn't come but once. Amen. That's just me now. Jesus would never do that. Hallelujah. But they had a preconceived idea of who he was. That stopped everything. Amen. That stopped the move of God. Amen. Let's look at Let's read what else he said. Mark said this in verse 5. It says, Now he could do no mighty work there except that he laid his hands on a few sick people and healed them, and he marveled because of their unbelief. The Amplified Bible says this in verse 5. He could not, he was not able to do even one work of power there. He couldn't even do one. We're talking about Jesus, the Son of the living God. He couldn't do anything. He laid his hands on a few sickly people. Amen. Healed them of a headache or, you know, or, you know, a sunburn or whatever. Amen. But he was wanting to do so much more. And it said that he marveled at their unbelief. He marveled at it. Amen. Praise God. They knew who he was, or they thought they knew. He couldn't do this. Didn't know. Amen? But as I was reading that, I was thinking about what uh, 1 Corinthians 1.27 says this, and I'll read it to you. It says, for God, this is how they amplified, for God selected, he d- deliberately chose what the, to the world is foolish to put the wise to shame and what the world calls weak to put the strong to shame. Amen. He took this boy out of their neighborhood. Hallelujah. The son of God. To them, he was foolish. To them, he was just a kid. To them, he was a nobody. Amen. But God demonstrated through him everything that he wanted done. Amen. My, that's powerful. But they couldn't receive any of it. They couldn't receive any of it. It was right there. How many times have people sat in a church service and the power of God was moving and they didn't receive a thing? And somebody else received everything they needed. Why is that? Amen? Why is that? Because there are people who are operating in faith And faith always receives. But people who operate in unbelief, they are always turned away. Amen? It's not that God didn't want to. It says he could not. He was absolutely powerless against unbelief. That's how strong unbelief is. And that's why we got to, if, I mean, if there's any place where you're still not trusting God fully yet, then you need to get rid of that right away. Amen. Because even in one area, if we, if we allow our faith to be contaminated in one area, eventually it'll contaminate another area and another area and another area. Even places where you didn't think you could ever be moved away from faith. And yet it'll do it. Amen? How many times have you seen someone who was a strong believer 
I mean to tell you, I mean, they, they were here every time the church doors were open, not just here, but maybe in another church you were at. And then all of a sudden, they were nowhere to be found. What happened to them? Amen. Well, it could have been multiple things, or it could have been just one thing. But the thing of it is, is that they allowed something to enter in, and it contaminated their faith. And then they ended up in unbelief. Amen. That's how powerful unbelief is. That's how strategic it is to Satan's plan to get you and I into unbelief because he does not want God's power operating in our lives. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Do you believe that? Hallelujah. It says that he marveled. The word marvel there means to gaze, that is, with wide open eyes as at something remarkable. Have you ever seen anything you're thought, and you just stare at it, speechless? You've never seen anything like it. That's what Jesus saw that day when he saw their unbelief. Amen? Now, please understand this. He was not marveling because they rejected him as a, as a man. But he marveled because they rejected the power of God, the power that was present, the power that God wanted to use through him to change their lives, maybe for the rest of their lives. They missed out on it. They rejected God. Amen? And it's the same thing. If, if, if you talk to somebody about the Lord and, and they say, no, I'm not just, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the message that you brought. So don't get all, you know, boo-hooed about it when somebody says, no, I don't, I don't think so. Amen? You got to do like Jesus did. He said he went about to the other, other towns teaching and preaching. He said, well, can't do nothing here. We'll just move on. Amen? That's so true, isn't it? Hallelujah. You just got to keep moving on. Praise God. All right. Let's look at this. Let's go and look at Matthew chapter 8. And we all know this one. The centurion's servant. Amen. Really powerful here. In verse 1 it says, I'm sorry, verse 5. We need to go down to verse 5. Now when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, <coughs> sorry, saying, my Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said to him, I will come and heal him. The centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not, Worthy that you should come under my roof, but only speak a word. That's a, this is New King James. King James says, speak the word. I like that better. Amen. Speak the word and my servant will be healed. Now, why did he believe that? Well, he tells Jesus why he believes it. For I am also a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to one, go, and he goes, and to another, come, and he comes, and to my servant, do this. 
and he does it. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. There he is, he marveled again. He had never heard anything like this. He said, I've never heard of such great faith, not even in all of Israel. My own people. Not heard anything like this. This man was a man in verse, verse 5. He had no covenant with God. He was an outsider. Amen. He was a Gentile. Then in verse 8, he says to speak a word or speak the word. Speak faith words. Speak something that I can hold on to. Speak something that I can relate to. Amen. Have you ever heard anybody speak something and you say, well, yeah, that's right. Amen. And then someone else will say something, you are totally lost. You don't understand the thing they're saying. Amen. Kay and I were watching a movie this week, and I can't remember what it was. It doesn't, the title doesn't matter. But there's this church, and uh, they were getting a new pastor, and so they have their way that things need to be done. And so the deacon said, can we count on you to do this? Sure, sure, sure. Keep things the same. We want to keep everything the same. Amen? Hallelujah. And Kayla and I looked at it and said, we didn't understand that at all. We like things shook up. We like things moved around. Amen. We like, we like uh, our chili getting stirred every once in a while. We like that. Amen. We've always been like that. I mean, I mean, preacher can come. Whenever I was pastoring a church, and I'd have preachers come in, and they'd be up there, and they'd be talking about something, and you, could just, you just knew. You could go... You could just hear it. And sitting there, yeah, this is what I like. Amen? So that's what the centurion said. Speak some words that I can relate to. Just speak it. That's all that matters. I'll know it'd be done. And Jesus marveled. He said, wow. He said, this is pretty, pretty intense. Amen. Hallelujah. I haven't... I haven't seen any kind of faith like this among the people of God. Took an outsider to do it. Took a Gentile to do it. My goodness. Amen. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's shocking. It's sad. But thank God somebody done it. It was what Jesus needed. Amen. And then, of course, as she's going wrong, then the woman with the issue of blood comes up, amen, touches his garment because she'd been believing and repeating in faith, if I touch only his, the hem of his garment, I shall be whole, I'll be healed, I'll, I'll be restored, glory to God. She comes up, touches him, instantly is healed. Jesus stops and says, who touched me? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It stopped him. Faith always stops God in the right way. 
Amen? Amen. Well, she didn't want, you know, to cause a ruckus or anything, but he kept looking around. And finally she said, it's me, it's me. Then she tells him the whole story about how she had done this and the physicians, they couldn't do anything for her. She spent everything that she had and wasn't any better. You know why? Because she spent everything she had. And once she was broke, they didn't want nothing to do with her. Amen. Come on. Hallelujah. And so here the centurion is waiting. Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. But he is near death. We don't have time to listen to her. We got to keep things moving. Amen. But Jesus was not stirred by this. Amen. And he listened to everything she had to say. And he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Praise God. And as soon as he was saying that, here come the people from Centurion's place that said, it's too late, she's dead. She's dead. Amen? What are we going to do now? What are we going to do? He's dead. Amen? Hallelujah. Glory to God. You caught that, didn't you? I have moved on to something else. I've done two things. You guys are smart. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, let's, let's find out now in Mark chapter 5 what we're needing to look at. Amen? I got ahead of myself. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Here we are with the woman with the issue of blood. She's here too, I'll be. She moved over there. She thought, well, I'll just see what I can do here. Yeah, yeah, I'll mess up his life. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Well, glory to God. Verse 21, let's look at that. It said, Now when Jesus had crossed over again by the boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he had saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Glory be to God. Amen. So they were wanting to see what Jesus was going to do. Here we are with the woman with the issue of blood, which I'd mentioned aforetime. Hallelujah. In the wrong context, but that's all right. It's all right, praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. At least I didn't put Moses in the ark. <laughs> Hallelujah. I like it. Things changed up. That was the Hagman interpretive version that I just read you. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. So anyway, 
as they were going along and Jesus healed her in verse 36, says as soon as Jesus heard the word about her, his daughter being dead and why trouble to teach any further, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. Now, I like what the Amplified says here. He says, overhearing but ignoring what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be seized with alarm and struck with fear. Only keep on believing. Don't change now. Amen? How many times, and don't raise your hand again, how many times have you been believing God and faith for something and then a bad report comes about the very thing you're believing God for. Amen? Well, yeah, it's happened to all of us. Why? Because it's a testing of our faith. Not only does Satan want to see what we'll do with it, God wants to see what we'll do with it. Amen? He told Jairus, he said, don't stop believing. Keep on believing just like you were. Nothing in the eyes of Jesus had changed. But unbelief was trying to get in. Do you see that? Unbelief was trying to get in and cause him to start to speak something negative or against the plan that God had for him. Do you see that? Amen? He said, Do not be struck with fear, only keep on believing. Keep, on, keep your faith switch turned on. Amen? Faith keeps the process moving forward. Do you see that? Faith keeps your victory moving forward. Amen? As soon as you stop using your faith, you don't stop, you, you regress. You start to move backwards. Unbelief will always move you backwards. Amen? It will always move you backwards. Hallelujah. So you can't let your heart get contaminated by unbelief. you got to keep your faith switch turned on. Always. Amen? Praise God. This is the key to keeping the power of God on in your life. Keeping your faith switch turned on. you got to shut out everything that is negative. No matter what's coming at you, shut it out. Run from it, whatever it, it takes, amen? You've got to start where you started with faith. If you had enough faith to believe God to start the process, then you better have enough faith to keep the process going. Amen? Hallelujah. I've said this before, that you, that you start in faith, you stay in faith, and when you do that, you'll end up in faith. you got to. Amen. Well, what's the other option? Well, I guess, I guess it didn't work. I guess not this time. You know, I've probably done something wrong. And you'll always blame yourself, I did something wrong. I wasn't believing hard enough. I wasn't confessing enough. I wasn't reading the Word enough. Amen? So there's all kinds of options for you to grab hold of as to why it didn't work. Amen? But the key to it is to keep your faith strong. Amen? 
Hallelujah. Can, can we look at one more thing? Let's look at this in James chapter 1, and then we're going to start, start to close here. James chapter 1. Glory be to God. <laughs> Hallelujah. Talking about keeping faith moving you forward. It says in verse 5, If anybody lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives liberally, who gives to all liberally and without reproach or without any conditions, and it will be given to him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting. Do you see that? You can't be asking God for something in faith and then start doubting what you just asked for. Amen. You got to keep moving forward in faith. For he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. For let not that man suppose that he'll receive anything from the Lord. You shouldn't be expecting anything. If you're back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Amen. You're not going to receive anything because it says that he's a double-minded man and he's unstable in all of his ways. Unstable. Not able to keep anything going in the right direction. Tossed to and fro. Amen. We can't let that happen. That stops God. That keeps God from moving. We're, we're, we've seen that in the things that we talked about tonight. We've seen that. That God is all powerful, but he'll never, ever outdo unbelief. Except through you and I, replacing it with faith. It's not going to happen otherwise. Amen? I think, uh, hopefully, we've, we've seen this in Scripture, that God only operates in faith. Now, please understand this. When you're first starting out, there's some things. And you'll, you'll work through some things. And some things at first may not, and you're thinking, oh, you know, because I remember how I was. Whenever I was a new believer, I was strong in faith one day. The next day I was, you know, on the floor bawling because nothing was working right. And God understands that. And he'll help us through that. But you can't be a believer who's been around for, you know, any length of time and expect God to work with you the same way. It's just not going to happen. He expects a little bit more now. To whom much has been given, amen, much is required. Do you see that? Amen. So, you know, yeah, we can do that at first, but then after a while, we got to get rid of that. We got to pull that out. You got to weed your garden. Get rid of stuff that's in there right now. Amen. I have to weed our flower garden every week because I'll pull them all out and then all of a sudden there's something else. I don't understand. I thought I pulled it up by the roots. And right where that thing was at, here comes another one. Well, I guess I didn't dig deep enough. Do you see that? Amen. So it's the same way with our lives. We've got to start weeding through stuff, taking stuff out. Digging it out, even if it hurts. Yeah, it hurts, amen, to get rid of certain things. But if we don't, they're going to be there. 
And right when we need God the most, there he'll be on the sidelines sitting there waiting for us to call. Father, come here. Waiting on that instead of you and I getting our playbook out and trying to do something else. Amen? Amen. Did you get something out of this tonight? It's, it's to encourage us. It's not to beat anybody down. Hey, if there's areas in your life where you have unbelief, join the club, okay? There's no super men or women here. We're only God's people. And we do make mistakes. We do falter at times. But though you may fall, yet you will arise. But if you stay laying down there, don't expect anybody, amen, to do anything for you, especially God. He can't. You got to get up. Jesus asked, oh, not, uh, God asked the pe- you know, children of Israel, how long will you go around this mountain? How, lo- how long? How many times are you going to go around and seeing the same thing over and over? How many times have I wanted seeing the same thing, but I wanted a different re- a result? Amen? Just once. Oh, Lord, just once. Just once overlook my stupidity and do something for me. Amen? Hallelujah. Yeah. I don't think so. You got to move on. You got to get strong. And you got to let God be God. Amen? That concludes today's message. For more information about Oasis Church, please visit myoasischurch.com. Thanks for listening.